All right. <clears throat> now, prison break. Have you learned anything from the series so far? Are you getting free? Are you learning that you have invisible cages around yourself? We spent the first, we spent the first Sunday uh, talking about invisible cages that we build around ourselves. Uh, this is how this series is, is working and will continue to work. Um, number one is we talked about the great escape. You know, we talked about the fact that lions are lions regardless of whether they're caged or not, right? That even in a situation where uh, you may have, have gotten into dark situations and you put yourself in situations that you're not happy to be there and you're trying to work your way out, still, even still in the midst of that, you're still a lion in the eyes of God. So you still have the ability to do what he's called you to do. So don't ever get caught up in that. The second one we talked about last week, we talked about being free from me. I don't know if you remember a lot of what I talked about. We had fun last week. But the biggest issue that most people have is when Jesus, and it's the first thing that happened in his, his public ministry, when he was baptized, God said, this is my son in whom, you know, I'm well pleased. He publicly made a declaration. So when Jesus went into the wilderness to fight against the enemy, he was very clear on who he was in the eyes of God. Amen. So he was free from all of that. He knew who he was, so he was free from self-condemnation. Amen? So today we're going to talk about being free from they. Y'all know who they is, right? They are those people that seem to have you all caught up in whatever it is you're caught up in. Because what happens is you always do things based on what they will think. Oh, it got quiet real quick, didn't it? Everybody has a they. Everybody says, well, in their minds... If I wear this, if I work here, if I say this, if I go there, what will they think? Everybody's got a they. So we're going to try to get free from they today. Amen? Go to the book of Psalms, chapter, uh, Psalms 142, uh, verse 7. Now I'm going to be jumping back and forth between the message, the Amplified, different translations. Uh, Juan, just roll with me best you can. If you get it up there, fine. Uh, Psalms 142, verse 7 in the message translation says this. Get me out of this dungeon so I can thank you in public. Your people will form a circle around me, and you'll bring me showers of blessing. Look at that. Get me out of this dungeon so I can thank you where? In public. There's a whole lot of church people don't know nothing about Jesus when they're around friends. So I can thank you in public. And because I'm thanking you in public, your people will circle around me. Now, I'm going to deal with this for just a second. Your people will circle around me, and you'll bring me showers of blessing. Now, let's, let's deal with this. Baptism is a form of thanking God in public. It's important when you get saved to get baptized. It's not going to make you any more saveder. It's just a public showing of, I trust you, Lord. It's a public showing of, I went in dirty, I came up clean. Amen? So what you got to understand is this. When this, when this scripture says, leave it up for just a second, one, throw it back up there for me. When it says, your people will form a circle around me, that's church people. Now listen, that is church people in the right setting, in the right time, in the right frame of mind who are loving people who are in the midst of their freedom process. See, we like people when they're perfect. Amen. We like people when they got it all together. We like people when things are working the right way. We like things when it seems to be, you know, they church people like me. So we, we're going to accept them. Most people need you to circle around them when they're right in the middle of their process. That's our job. Our job is to lift up because you ain't perfect. Amen. And they ain't perfect. Amen. So who's the one that sets the level of perfection? It's the Lord. It's not you. And in his eyes, the level of perfection has to do with his blood, not your behavior. Amen. Oh, I'm going to have to work on y'all this morning. All right. So let's go to the next one. 
Let's go to, well, that's Old Testament. That's David. You know, David's dancing around in the wilderness. Let's talk about something new. All right, go to Luke, Luke chapter 4. <clears throat> Luke chapter 4, verse 18. You all know this scripture, but let's, let's read it. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Amen. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Amen. That's awesome, right? But to preach deliverance to the, to the captives. To set those who are free. Now, there are some cages that will hold you, and here's what they are. <clears throat> these, these false prisons that you build for yourself, number one is you're unqualified. Don't raise your hands. But everybody in this room deals on some level being unqualified for whatever it is God's called them to do. And let me just go ahead and set you free. Doing what God has called you to do has nothing to do with your qualifications but His blood on you. If he called you to it, somewhere in there, he sees the greatness of you to be able to accomplish that. We put way too much pressure on people to perform. And the truth is, is when it's a performance, it's about you. When God's called us to a place that he wants people to see Jesus in us. Every single, every single week, April's back there talking about the heart of the team. We want people to see Jesus. When they walk in here, we want them to see Jesus. When they bump into you at Walmart, because, praise the Lord, most people ain't the same people at Walmart than they are in church. Hallelujah. So you got to be, you got to guard your heart and be the same person all the time. You don't want, you don't want to be that guy that's, you know, that, you know, somebody goes by and, and gives you, you know, tells you you're number one and they got the fish and I love Jesus on the back of their car. You don't, oh, y'all ain't seen that person. They all over Walker County. But the truth is, is we live in a culture of Christianity, but are we Christians? See, the culture of Christianity is we go to church. You know, we believe God, we pray, the good Lord Jesus, you know, all that kind of stuff. But do you have a relationship with him? When you build a relationship, it deals with what cages you. And it deals with what being unqualified means. Because the truth is, is if you're qualified within yourself, you, you don't need Jesus. But if you become qualified in him, then you can move into something new. Now, the second one is guilt and shame. Now, we dealt with guilt and shame last week. We dealt with how Jesus knew who he was and all this stuff. But today we're going to deal with this. And I'm not going to keep you guys long. I know it's Mother's Day. Everybody wants to get to the restaurant before all the other big families get there. But can, can, I, just, can I just tell you, before we run to the restaurant, can we get out what the Lord wants to say today? Can y'all not rush me? Y'all need to amen a few times. If you amen, we'll get there faster. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Everybody going to shout now. I'm hungry. Amen. Woo, Jesus. All right. We need to start having chicken in the kitchen. They can't have the chicken until the third. Amen. <laughs> Y'all don't even want to know how she's looking at me right now. I'm going to take these off because I don't need to see it that good. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about disqualification. Uh, Today we're going to talk about ad approval addiction. Social media is nothing more than approval addiction. Your approval or somebody else's approval of what you're doing is what we're addicted to in this world today. Satan has done a very good job of getting us focused on things other than what God's called us to. Now, Proverbs 29 and 25 says this. Now, I'm going to read this in a couple translations. He's going to put it up in the King James. Proverbs 29 and 25 says, The fear of man brings a snare, but uh, whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Now, I love the Good News translation. He doesn't have it, but this is what the Good News translation. Listen to this. It is very dangerous to be concerned with what others think of you. But trust in the Lord and you'll be safe. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Yes. Trying to please people 
is a trap. I love my wife dearly. But she will tell you, and vice versa, I don't wake up every day to please her. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> you got to own it, right? I don't wake up every day to please her. I don't wake up to please my kids. Don't amen that. Uh, I don't wake up every day to please church people. I don't, I don't wake up every day to please uh, the Becoming Center man. I don't. I don't wake up every day to please Dr. Barkley or, or Tracy Harris or the men of God in my life. I, I wake up to please Jesus. Amen. That has been the one defining mark in my life. And I fail miserably at days. And there's days I'm knocking out of the park. But the truth is, is my thought process every day is... Now, let me just tell you. all so Can I just be transparent? Maybe this will kind of set some of you free. I have missed it hugely. I've, I've laid hands on people I shouldn't have laid hands on. I've said things to people I shouldn't have said. I've acted in ways I shouldn't have acted. I've done all these things. But, but I've never, listen to me now, I've never missed it on purpose or with a bad heart. You understand? And that's one thing that has kept me because I know he still approves of me because he still talks to me. And when you get past that approval addiction of people, you get addicted to his approval, and that's what you begin to wake up for every day. See, it's easy to stay free when he's number one. We, April and I don't do, we don't do uh, official marriage counseling, and we don't do things like that. But when we do pastoral care and just try to help somebody, what we do is this. We try to get them to understand that their relationship is not with each other. It's with him. If they get that right... If I wake up every day not to please her, but I please him, I've pleased her. If I wake up every day to focus on him and, 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 and don't focus on Paige's approval, I please Paige's my daughter. She's proud of her dad. Because she sees in me, she sees in me him, not Alan. She loves Alan, but she wants to see him. <laughs> because, <laughs> you want to preach? Get that girl on the microphone. Because what she, <laughs> what, 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 man, now I'm off. It's very, very rare I get thrown off, but now you throw me off. You got me nervous now. <laughs> but when, you, <laughs> when you're addicted to somebody else's approval, they, their voice becomes bigger than God's. Now listen to this. Listen, when people become bigger in your life than God, you have not positioned yourself for his, his power to flow consistently in your life. Now, I'm a, we're, I'm a faith person. I'm a word of faith person. I, I, I trained up under Hagen and Copeland and all these guys. So let's just be clear about what I'm about to say. Those of us who understand confession and believe in God and sow and seed for those things, I believe all of you understand that on, on a lot of levels. But if there's things in your life that just seem stopped up and they just don't seem to be coming through, you need to go do two things. One, go back, check your love walk because love walk's number one. Number two, and go back and see what you wake up for every day. Amen. A lot of people are believing God for finances, but every day they wake up for finances. A lot of people are believing God for, for whatever, but they're waking up every day believing God for finances. Leroy Thompson is somebody in my life that, that I like to listen to. He's hard to listen to, but you gotta, you got you know, to get to where you understand what he's saying. Uh, Leroy Thompson's in Darrow, Mississippi. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's a black gentleman. He's probably in his 70s now, but man can preach the word. I mean, now, he can't talk good, but he can preach the word. And he'll tell you, I can't even speak English and I'm prospering. What's wrong with you? <laughs> that, that's what he says, which is, to me is funny. But 
he, he's probably one of the most prolific prosperity, quote-unquote, preachers there is out there. But he says this. And he just put it on Facebook the other day, which I was, I was shocked to see this come up. He says, if you're chasing money, you're not paying attention to the Lord. If you're paying attention to the Lord and getting the word out, the money follows you. And see, that's something I had to, Matt Gober used to tell me every day of my life. He said, son, quit worrying about money. Worry about, worry about getting the word out. And I, I run up and down this highway using my own fuel and food and everything else and just running and preaching. And, and I don't ask for offerings because I know God's going to take care of me. And it took me a while to get there because people will think, oh, well, you're a prosperity preacher. I am a prosperity preacher, but the prosperity I want you to get into is peace. Because if you can get into peace, you can get into everything else. If you're peaceful, then you can walk in love. If you can walk in love, you can walk in everything. It's not, about, it's not about how much you have when it comes to physical uh, things in this life. It's how much do you love people like Jesus loved them? How much do you see them like Jesus saw them? And here's the worst one. How much do you see yourself like Jesus sees you? Now, listen. I'm going to try to get you all out of here early. i got 15 minutes. So, so I, want, I want to get a couple more scriptures in you, and then we want to, we want to jump into this. When you, when you begin to fall into this trap of pleasing people, these things happen. Number one, you begin to miss God's preferred plan for your life. 1 Thessalonians uh, 2 and 4 in the Amplified Version says, But just as we have been approved by God and entrusted with the gospel or glad tidings, so we speak not, listen, we speak not to please men, but to please God who tests our heart, expecting, look, expecting People talk about God testing you. God, listen, God does not take your child, wreck your car, and, and get you to lose your job. But That's not God's testing. This is God's testing right here. He examines your heart with the expectation. He expects the best out of you because he's put the best in you. That's God's testing. A lot of times we want to go live. Well, God just, you know, God just, you know, he's trying to teach me. God done took me out behind the, the, the shed and just striped my legs. And see, we, we like to put God in, the, in the, the, the category of our grandfather or something. The truth is, God's not a really big guy. He's God. And he don't think like we think. And let me tell you something. I've learned this. Now, I'm gonna, hopefully this will set some of you free. God will correct his, his own. He will He will. Uh, he will correct and chasten and, and, and convict those that he loves. But I will tell you this, he will never do it with pain or reminding you of your failure. Amen. Every time God's ever corrected me and the, when I've broken and cried the worst was when he told me, you know, you messed up, but I still love you. And I want you to go fix this and this. And, this. and, it, and I saw how nasty I was, but yet he still wanted me to do great things. And all of a sudden, you become super humble because why would the God of the universe, look how bad I missed it. But he still wants you to do something. He still believes in you. See, he's your approval. When you've got the creator of the universe approving you, who else do you need? See, we're still stuck in this world where we, we need people to, to, to think that we know a little something to, to approve. I, look, the truth is, you don't need that. Now, number two is this. <clears throat> when you're looking for people approval, you have zero spiritual growth. Proverbs 29 and 25 says this. Uh, in the King James, it says, The fear of man brings a snare. Uh, who puts, he who puts his trust in the Lord uh, is safe. The God's Word translation says, A person's fear sets a trap for him. Your own fear sets a trap. We keep blaming the devil for something we're doing to ourselves. Because all the enemy has for you is words. That's all he has. And if he can get you to think in terms that sets your own trap, then he's got you. 
Now, I want to read this to you in the message. This is going to be a lot of scriptures. John 5, the book of John chapter 5. He's going to have it up on the screen. John chapter 5, verse 41 in the message translation. John 5, verse 41 says, I'm not interested in crowd approval. Amen. Amen. I'm not interested in crowd approval. And do you know why? I love the message because it's very matter of fact. And do you know why? Because I know you and your crowds. <laughs> I love that. This is Jesus talking to him now. He said, I know you and your crowds. I know that love, especially God's love, is not on your agenda. I came with authority of my Father, and you either dismiss me or you avoid me. If another came, listen, listen to this, if another came acting self-important, you would welcome him with open arms. So how do you expect to get anywhere with God when you spend all of your time jockeying for position with each other, ranking your rivals, and ignoring God? Well, that just that I don't even have to preach that. That pretty much preaches on its own. But when God's big, when God's big in your life, his power's big in your life. When people are big in your life, God's power's small. Now, let me read this to you one more thing. Proverbs 1, we're staying in the message translation. Proverbs 1, we're going to start at verse 7. We're going to read a bunch of verses here. Verse 7 says this. Proverbs 1, verse 7, message translation. Start with God. Amen. There's, that's a good three words, right? Start with God. The first step in learning is bowing down to God. Only fools thumb their nose at such wisdom and learning. Pay close attention, friend, for what your father tells you. Now, understand, you see what it, the word father right there is not capitalized. Now, up here you can't see, but in the Bible, he says, he's talking about your earthly parents or the, part, the father figure in your life. Pay attention to what your father tells you. Never forget what you learned at your mother's knee. Wear their counsel like flowers in your hair. Like rings on your fingers. Dear friend, if bad companions tempt you, don't go along them, with them. Even if they say, let's go out and raise some hell. I love this translation. This is why they ought to change the message to the Walker County Bible. Even if they say, let's go out and raise some hell. <laughs> let's beat up some old man and mug some old woman. Who are these people Jesus is talking about? Let's, <laughs> let's pick them clean and get ready for their funerals. My God. Whew, they, whew. We'll load up all the top quality loot. We'll haul it home by the truckload. I'd like to know who it was. They would. Lord Jesus. <laughs> Join us for the time of your life. With us, it's share and share like. And then he says, oh, friend, don't give them a second look. Don't listen to them for a minute. They're racing to a very bad end. They're hurrying to ruin, and they lay hands uh, and they lay everything they lay hands on. Nobody robs a bank with everyone watching. Yet that's what these people are doing. Uh, doing their self, doing them, they're doing themselves in. And when you grab all you can get, that's what happens. The more you get, pay attention, the more you get, the less you are. See, that'll, that'll slap this whole false prosperity gospel right in the face. Because it's not about money. It's about getting the gospel out. Now, some of us are so stuck in addiction approval that we're wounded from things that happened in school that still bother us today. Some of y'all still wondering if little Bobby still likes you. You know, you write that note. I, yeah, all you young people, just relax for a minute. All us that's, that's been out for a minute. <laughs> I want to ask y'all a question. Out of the five or six things that were important to you, when you were in elementary school, high school, even college, 
Name one that still matters right now. Not one. So all you folks need to understand what bothers you in your teenage years and at school or whatever it is you're dealing with, it ain't going to matter. You got to understand, man, I've never been to a class reunion in my life. Uh, not just, I don't know if, I don't even know if I've ever been invited to one, to be honest with you. But the truth is, I've never been to one. Not, not for any particular reason other than I have no desire to look back. Because I know who I was then. You know what I mean? But there, you know, there are people in your life that in different seasons of school and, and your young life when you were very impressionable, you were marked with. And how sad is it to, 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 to think that a wound from when you were 12, 14, 17 years old still haunts you today. But whether you know it or not, it does. Because you were addicted to approval. Listen, guys, I can't speak for, for ladies, but, man, when we were in school, we'd, you know, you, we, we all, you, know you, wearing, you, you wearing kicks and everybody else wearing tree torns. And y'all don't know nothing about tree torns, but, but they're looking at you like you ain't got nothing. And, and the truth is, you, you go to school and you make sure all the hair is in place and you got your high karate all over you. You know, you're you going to look right. And you got that one sprig out of, out of line and everybody brings it up and now you feel, it affects you. Now, some of y'all just wishing you had a sprig, but the truth is... I'm so sorry. But the truth is, <laughs> priorities change. They change. But the problem is, is when you're addicted to approval, those things still wound you. And how sad is it? When I go home, I still run into people I went to school with. And let me tell you something. It's a very heartbreaking thing to look at somebody that was the man in high school. And everybody wanted to date him. And he peaked at 89. He got like two pieces of hair pulled over. He still wears his shirt over with that same golden eagle on his chest. Praise the Lord. Still talking about that ball he caught in 87. <laughs> He's stuck. Y'all may not know that person. I got three of them in my life. But the truth is, they're stuck in something. That was the moment they got the most approval, so they stay there. And when you stay in the place where you get the most approval, you miss where God's trying to take you. Because let me tell you something. The people that are attached to you, not all of them can go where you're called to. Not all of them can stand the fire you're going to walk through to get there. Not all of them can handle the purification process that God's going to put you through. I was watching a video last night of Dr. Barkley when he was here. And every once in a while, you know, the Bible says to do battle with the prophecies that have been spoken over you. So I'll go back and I'll watch things of different men of God in my life who have said things to me in April. And he came right, right off the stage. He stood right there and he said to me in April, and he said, there's not a portion of your life that the training of the Lord didn't touch. He said those words and I'd forgotten that he had said that. Because we were such a mess when we, listen, she was a mess, I was a mess, and when we got together it got messy. We had a beautiful family, but we were all jacked up. But God had to touch every part of our life to get us past the approval of a people because we never had approval of people. She never had a father's approval. My father, I lost my father when I was 12. My mother was working every day of her life. The only approval I've had was with my siblings. And you know, siblings are vicious. Y'all some mean suckers. I'm just telling you. And y'all say stuff to cut somebody. And, 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 but you don't understand if somebody's weak and addicted to approval, how that hurts them. And, and listen, you know, I, we, we were at the house the other night, and, and, and I realize I, I am me, and my kids are my kids, and, and they, <laughs> they say things like I would say it. And, and my kids can be brutal, man. Oh, I don't hear no, I don't hear no Bailey's amen. <laughs> what? <laughs> 
but they're used to having older siblings. And then when people come into their life, we have to tell them, look, not everybody can handle this in here. you got to take it down a few notches. And, and the truth is, they're just mimicking what they're around. But see, that needs to be the Holy Ghost. We have to start mimicking what we're around. I used to go into churches, and, and I'd, watch, I'd watch little kids with their hands in the air, and, and people would ask me, what do you think about that? They don't know what they're doing. My God, what else could they could be doing much worse? At least they're learning something. And the truth is this. We don't want to live our life where we peaked when we first got saved. And we don't want to be stuck in a salvation experience. We want to have the life experience that salvation gave us. So when I talk to you about prison break, I'm trying to get you to understand you have to have a great escape. That is your salvation. You do get away from all this, but then you've got to get free from you. You have to realize who and what you are, and you have to break down these cages that you build around yourself. And then when you do that, you have to deal with they. Because it's they that will try to keep you because they don't want you free. And I'm going to say this, and I'm going to try to find a spot to land. They like to see you in a mess because it makes they feel better about they. They have to look at themselves. When they start seeing you do well, they have to start looking at themselves. And most people don't want that. Most people who aren't waking up every day for Jesus. It's making sense to y'all. When, 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 if, when you're not living your life every day for Jesus, you, you begin to look at people who are and you become very cynical. You become very rude. You become very cold. You say things. You make fun of their faith. But when the rubber meets the road and they need you, they call you. I got people in my life right now that I play music with, that I've traveled with, that did all kind of sinful things with. And they won't talk to me, period, until they go to jail. Who you think's phone's ringing? The fine comes up. They need somebody to help them with some money. They're calling me. They, they need, they need uh, my car's broke down. You know, uh, they, 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 oh, they, uh, he's just a holy roller over there. He's, he's that faith guy. You know, he went on. But, oh, oh, hey, hey, Alan. <laughs> she used to get so mad at me. This was, they were using me even before I was saved. I had what they called a peel off. Y'all know what the peel off is? That's when you got a big wad of money, you just peel it off. Because I played music and I did all this, I always had money. And before I was saved, we were, we were uh, her brother Jason played bass in my band, and we weren't really even dating then. We were just, we were just talking. And, and she would watch, all these band members would come up and, hey, I got my fines due. Like I, I hung out with criminals. So <laughs> my fines due. And I needed them for Friday night because I got to make more money. I need a bass player. I need a guitar. I need people. So I just pull out the peel off. And she would chew me. I didn't even know her. And I'm like, who is this little woman in here talking to me like this? And she would let me know they ain't doing nothing but using you. See, she saw, she saw something that you, you don't understand what they're doing to you. And she tried to help me there. Yeah, I didn't pay no attention. I just get all my money away because I was going to have more the next day. I mean, I was dealing dope. I was doing all kinds of stuff. I wasn't worried about it. But see, that's that living. That's that stuff where you're going off the edge. And then I gave my life to Jesus, and all of a sudden, all these people that, that would get into my pilaf, see, I stopped calling it the pilaf, and I started calling it she money, because she didn't know I had it. And, and, and she would find it, and she'd be like, where'd this come from? So when they started trying to get into the she money, she got serious. So we were married, I was saved, and she'd be like, these idiots don't even talk to you. For two years, y'all can't see little sweet April saying that. Oh, yes, she can. You let mama get after it. 
And she told them. She, she used to tell them. She'd tell some of them, don't come back here. <laughs> and I was like, but, but, but I had such a heart for people. See, I didn't realize I cared about people as much as I did. I tried to play a tough guy. But I cared about them. But now understand this. You can get so caught up in human compassion that you don't have an idea what Holy Ghost compassion means. When you have human compassion, you're enabling somebody to stay bound. When you have Holy Ghost compassion, you force them to face themselves. And they begin to break free or they stay right there. But at some point, you've got to make a decision. It is okay to love people from a distance. It's okay to get away from the people that are keeping you tied up at knots. Doesn't mean you have to abuse them, hurt them, say bad things about them. But you have to let their voice and the, the, the addiction that you have to their approval begin to break. Every, every single thing in my life that I used to deal with and what forced me, and, and I do use the word forced because I was driven to be successful. I was driven to be famous. I was driven to be the best musician I could be at a young age. By 19 years old, I was about to sign a record deal. Because I was driven, not because I was talented, I was driven. I was pushed by this addiction to be somebody because my whole life I had been nobody. And let me just tell you something, at 46 now, looking back at 18, has it ever crossed anybody's mind why you got all these people that work so hard to be famous, and then when they get famous, they put on a hoodie and glasses and don't want nobody to talk to them? Isn't that the dumbest thing ever? But then when you really find out what they're doing is they're, they're creating a buzz because they're addicted to their own approval. They're acting like they don't want to be seen. But when you dig into it, it was their publicist that told them, oh, they're going to Walmart. So it's just a cycle. And I, it's demonic because it's, it's feeding on one another. When the Holy Spirit wants you to feed on Him and His Word. And His love and His kindness and His grace. Praise team, come on up and get ready. What he wants you to do is he wants you to get so focused on him that the approval, all the approval matters is the approval of the Holy Ghost to tell you, I still love you. I still care. I know what it's like to be caught in a situation where you're ministering to people. And listen, if this happens in ministry way more than you think because you try to minister to people. You want everybody to be fixed. But let me tell you something, and this we're not y'all know us, so y'all know y'all know we're not selfish pastors. You know that, and we certainly you know we we we're, we we don't do it for the money. Hallelujah! But the truth is, she taught me this: that every time that somebody calls us that's not serious, and we say yes, we're telling our family no. And for every person that calls us and takes an hour of our time that's not looking for sincerity, but really they just want us to get in the sticks with them. If that happens 10 times a day, that's 10 hours. And it's gone. So even as a pastor, I had to learn to cut things away that were stealing my time. Because my time needed to be devoted to Him. And if my time is devoted to Him, and then when I come out of that office or I come out of that prophetic cave or whatever you call it, when I come out of that place, you begin to discern where you need to put your efforts and what He's asking you to do. I've seen ministries, great ministries. I've, had, I've been blessed to be a part of great ministries that could have done amazing things. But because people just got pulled in too many directions, they became bitter and hard hard to deal with and they didn't understand they were broken even now they don't understand how broken they are 
And the truth is, all of that brokenness is healed up when you stop seeking approval and you start looking for the audience of one. It's just for Him. Everything we do is for Him. He's given you the ability to have finances. He's given you the ability to be successful. He's given you the ability to have love in your life. He's given you the ability to have a family. He's given you abilities to, to be made whole through the Spirit of God. But truthfully, it all starts with waking up and being hungry for Him first.